Hello, welcome to Theatre Club. This is the podcast that is bringing you theatre news, theatre reviews, and theatre-themed booze. Woo! <laughs> I saw on Instagram, um, there's someone I follow called The Stagey Couple, at The Stagey Couple, and they post these little, like, th- you know, things on their stories where you can give your answers. So it was top five Disney movies. So I did mine, so I was just, and I posted it on our Instagram. I was just wondering, Madeline, what would your top five Disney movies be? Uh, same question for you as well. I kind of have to say is that when my sister and I were growing up, we weren't very Disney family. We like were. we, we weren't, weren't we really weren't, that vibe. We weren't really allowed. We it. liked them, but yeah, we weren't. Yeah, allowed I think it. it's yeah. It wasn't. We weren't allowed a lot of stuff. Like, uh, hello, don't watch. EastEnders, Roseanne, Home and Away, Neighbours. Oh, thanks a lot for giving me no playground conversation whatsoever. Um, But no, Disney movies now, yeah, I think I would probably, I'd be like Aladdin, Love, because Robin Williams, Mm. you know, R.I.P., amazing. Lion King, I do love. Just it reminds Mm. me of such a time in my life. That's one of the videos we did have because someone else bought it for us. Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty would be in mine. Mary Poppins... Mm. I adored I still love Mary Poppins oh actually sorry if we're thinking Disney because I think I'm right in saying this Return to Oz yes that, that would 100 well that's my number that one that nearly got onto my list oh my god hun it's in my top nearly, that's so my one working from the bottom I did Hercules as five although I'm now I love the gospel music I love Alan Menken's music in it but I'm now sort of thinking maybe I shouldn't have put I that mean, one I'm on I'm surprised that you put that yeah, yeah I, I just like the music from Hercules that's why I put it on number four I did Parent Trap both versions both Lindsay Agreed. Lohan and Hayley Mills because yeah. let's get together yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then three I did Bedknobs and Broomsticks just because no. I love I was going to do Mary Poppins instead, but I thought, actually, I'm going to be a bit contrary. I'm going to do Bed Knobs because I would also love to see a stage, stage adaptation. Surprise, there isn't one yet. I know, because Mary Poppins is coming back to the West End. I kind of want a Bed Knobs and Broomsticks choreographed mm-hmm. by Matthew Bourne. Two, I did Moana because I do love Moana. Not There's seen great it. songs um, and it's a really great story. There's no love interest. She's just a young girl. She's getting out there. She wants to sail the world, baby. I love it. And number one, Hoax Pocus. Oh, well, I didn't know that was Disney, hun. Yeah. Changing I up. Oscar is obsessed with Hocus Pocus and, and has a framed poster from the film in his house. Yes, and Absolutely. Madeline sent me an amazing meme this week. I'm going to show you this show meme. Me. I'm going to show you this meme because it's amazing. Oh my God, you've not seen this out yet. You'll die. It's so good. I'm glad so... that you guys are sending each other messages about me. That's fine. <laughs> it's yeah. not about you, actually. So, do you know the scene in Hocus Pocus where they think they've killed the witches in the um, oven? in the kiln yeah and then they run through the park celebrating you see this picture in the park here yes and then the top of the meme says i was today years old when i realized that this was the same house as the opening of friends <gasps> so basically they just filmed the friends opening in the same place where they filmed hoax pocus and i mean that's not interesting to a lot of people but to Whoever me to me spotted that oh my god marry me Girl or boy, don't care. Marry me. We're going to put that on our yeah, Instagram. Yeah, let's put it on our Instagram because I just love that, that someone noticed that in Hocus Pocus that was the same fountain in the background because I've never even registered that. That's so cool. Yeah. And words are, we've got Hocus the Disney Pocus list. Musical, please. But do a Hocus Pocus musical. Insider industry chat is that Disney have now signed, uh, I think it's 10-year deal with Pinewood Studios in the UK. So we're going to see, and exclusively, <gasps> so there's going to be so much Disney coming out of Britain, which is an incredibly positive thing. Oh, that's very exciting. So I've got my top tip as usual for you this week, and it's a Christmas show that is being staged at the Bridge Theatre, and it's the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. 
I'm really excited about this just because of the last show we went to see there, which was Midsummer Night's Dream. I absolutely loved. So I'm not sure if this will be the same kind of thing, but I know that there's puppetry involved. There's um, amazing designs and um, I've seen some of the press photos and they already looks, it looks so inventive on the website. There's a photo of like a train and everyone holding it up and that's obviously the beginning bit. Do you remember yeah. the book? Who can name the kids in that? Uh, hello, Lucy, Edmund. Peter and Susan. Well done. The that was amazing. The older two. And their surname? Pevensey. Are you sure? Yeah, they were the Pevenseys. I'm <gasps> sure, weren't they? Yeah, well Pevensey. That's really good. Oh my yeah. God, hun. Yeah, we used to watch that BBC version from oh, like the late I 80s. Oh, I love that. We used to watch that a lot. Do you remember? We, we were majorly, majorly into that one. That, mm. that ran across like four different VHS videos as well. Oh, yeah, it did. It was a it massive was a, box set. Oh, yes, it was. <laughs> so it starts on yeah. the 9th of November and it runs through until the 2nd of February. And I think this would be such a great show to book. If your parents are visiting you in London, Perfect. book the show. If you're looking for something to do on Boxing Day and you live in London, book this show. If you've yeah. got a goddaughter, a godson take them to see this show that's their Christmas yeah it doesn't look like it's exclusively aimed at like small kids either this looks like a sort this is the bridge theatre so I feel like this is going to be a kind of show that anyone can go and see yeah they are doing offers for family tickets as well if you buy four you get a discount and I think that's really good and I'm sure today ticks will be running offers near the time as well prices range from £15 right up to £95 and we've still said we've said this before I don't think it's a theatre with really much of a bad seat no I don't it's it's intimate enough that I don't think the cheapest seat you can get um, in the top the upper circle the back row centre we got that for Alleluia the Mm -hmm. Alan Bennett play £20 £25 Mm. in it I mean you're Further back, of course, but, it's but fine. there's no pillars in your way. Yeah. There's no kind of curve. You're you're looking straight at the stage, and it's it's not that big. So yeah, let's move on to some theatre reviews. Yes, Madeline, you went to see something <gasps> last night as I waded through the Extinction Rebellion people at Trafalgar Square, and I finally made it to the Coliseum to go to the opera. Um, so yes, last night I went to see Orpheus in the Underworld. Um, currently, the ENO, English National Opera, are doing a series, an Orpheus series, and they're doing four Orpheus operas in autumn of 2019. So I saw one of them last night. Um, and this one is, the composer is Offenbach, and I hope that's Offenbach. Worth saying straight up is, what's cool about this mu- this opera is, this is where the can-can music originates from. So dun 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 and we went to see Brief Encounter that they did at the Empire's... Am I saying Empire Cinema? Cinema? That yeah, is where yeah. it was, wasn't it? In Haymarket. Yeah, we loved that. And it's like, it's what I would what I would say if, if I'm looking for a kind of, what what is that company like? And they're incredibly inventive, in, like kind of like, oh my God, there's so much going on. And it's very, very fun. So last night I turn up um, to see this and I'm kind of thinking, I really hope this is something like that. Um... It absolutely was. Oh, okay. wow. Good. Yeah. So basically, the story is, so you've got Orpheus and Eurydice, 
It's how far would you go to rescue the one you love? Lots of it's spoken. So that, and then there would be opera bits. Spoke, sung in English. So sung in, so whole thing. Always the NOs are sung in English. Um, I read the program cover to cover. All of it's spoken in English. There was surtitles, which is for those of you that don't know opera so well, and I certainly didn't before I moved to London, is surtitles is just, there's a block above at the top of the stage and it's got the words of what they're singing. So I think it's fantastic. They had them for when we went to see Gilbert and Sullivan's Mikado there, they had them because occasionally when a whole chorus is singing, exactly. um, the word, it's hard to pick out specific words when you have like 50 people singing at once. So yes. You do need them for choral music especially. And this storyline um, of Orpheus and the Underworld, it is, it's quite meandering and it's quite kind of confusing. So being able to sort of have the surtitles just to glance at mm. is good because you're just sort of, you're going, oh, right, okay. And it's like you're reading ahead. So you're like, okay, that's what they're going to sing next. And then you're kind of in it. Um, it was some of the most fabulously inventive, spectacular theatre that I'd seen in quite a while. Like, if, if you guys, like, I just kept thinking, you would bloody love it because you are such a fan of Nehi. It was it, it, Nehi all over it, right? There's a brilliant bit where... There's like the chorus are all, most of them are, are girls, women, and they're all dressed in black with kind of beehives and black gloves on. So they already look utterly fabulous, kind of Amy Winehouse back to black video. And then all of them, at one point, there's like a field and a sheep in the field. And Eurydice's basically run off and she's maybe having sex with a shepherd in a field and Orpheus is trying to find her. So to show the sheep, these women are on the stage and they're basically holding massive white balloons and that's all they're really doing. And they're kind of moving at the stage and when someone has to walk through them, so they're walking through the, the herd of sheep, they're just going to go, mah, mah, and just move these white balloons. And it was so simple and so effective you were laughing like there was I was I laughed up like uproariously out loud I'd say probably at least eight times proper laughing oh, wow. at bits that were so funny as well as obviously Emma Rice directing was fabulous um worth I'd like to say Lizzie Clacken set designer um I must look her up to see if we've seen other things that she's done but the set design was just epic the best bit is, so you've done act one and we've kind of seen and, you know, it's their marriage has fallen apart and she's slept with someone else and it's all big and crazy. And then, then Pluto, it's like a god from the underworld, he comes to take your Adichie away and take her down to hell. And then you see, while we've kind of got her going down to hell and stuff, we've got on the flip side of that, we've got the gods who are looking down. The way they did the gods... It's like it kind of turned, it was the set turned around, I think. Oh, no, sorry, the curtain closed, then it opened again. They built this huge big thing in the middle of the stage, and it was basically a spa. So imagine white tiles with all different layers and like uh, cubicle dubbers that are like blue and white stripes, and there's towels everywhere. And on each sort of these different layers of this like crazy spa, are one of the gods. So here's Venus, here's Cupid, here's Mars, and, it, and they're all just like lounging. And then again, to show the clouds, is you've kind of got all the chorus members wearing skirts made of big white balloons. So showing they're floating oh, in the sky. So and just the idea, that because they're all lazy and they're all like just, you know, chilling, in a, spa, chilling yeah. in a spa, literally. The costumes at that point, so worth saying, I wanted to shout out to the costume designer, um, who is Les Brotherson, 
Les, please, I will buy two of those. I will pay a huge sum of money for two of those costumes. One of which is Cupid. She had this gold glitter sequin corset on with gold wings and she's wearing very Jeremy Scott gold high top trainers that lit up underneath. So So she's jumping around this spa and she's, oh, the other thing she's got is bubble guns. And basically I'm thinking, well, my birthday next year, that's the outfit I want to wear. And then her mum, Desire, she at one point wears this red, a sequent Jessica Rabbit-esque dress and I was just literally in the audience like I would die to wear either of them the costumes the sets were just beautiful anyway so there's four acts in opera for the two acts interval come back it did get a wee bit weird at this point because Mars decides that he wants to interject and he wants to steal Eurydice away from hell Mars does this by turning into a fly which Eurydice kind of has sex with. It's Greek mythology for you. It was Greek mythology madness. Absolutely bonkers. Unfortunately, I would say the second act, it did, and that's when the can-can music came in. And I was so waiting for that. And I kind of thought, because that's it, eventually Eurydice has to, she's given up to Bacchus, the god of wine, and the phrase like Bacchanalian excess. So I was expecting this big kind of outrageous party. And it did all become a bit too much. And it felt like, the direction, there was so much going on the stage and you you just couldn't, your eyes couldn't settle anymore. There was so, the costumes were so spectacular. Everyone's kind of acting outrageously. It's, uh, you just, I felt at that point it did go, and then you've got the can-can music Save and it load. felt over, yeah, overload. It felt a bit like, whoa, Emma Rice, you maybe needed to kind of, it's mm. like the knitting was unraveling a little bit at mm. that stage. Someone like myself who's really not a seasoned opera goer, but I want to know more about it and I'm very interested. This was a lovely slide into it because it's, it is very West End. It's glitzy. The costumes are amazing. The set design's amazing. None of it's dry. There's not a dry part in the whole thing. I would like to see that. I would like to see I this. think I would say you two would love this. Lap it up. You'd how laugh many, it up. How many more... Um, dates is it on because it's kind of running in rec with the other four it isn't is it? running so it's, so it's got day. quite funny sort of dates so worth saying that we've got it is on the 28th of november but please check the website because it's odd it's kind of That's like there are evening yeah. eight evening performances remaining um there's two matinees remaining how much are tickets talk to me about the money so you'd love it as well hun because it's the whole thing with the ENO is they're trying to get opera experiences at a range of affordable prices. Tickets start at just £10. Um, and then you can, there's a, if you wanted to book all of these four Orpheus operas, there's a kind of multi-buy thing. I would say actually being in the stalls for this, you're better off being in a circle if you are thinking, I want to look at the surtitles, because I felt in the stalls, you're kind of, your Even head's like up, up yeah. down, it's quite high That's to go, tip. and then you're losing, your eyeline's losing action on the stage. I, I definitely think if you are kind of thinking, ooh, this is the most accessible thing I've certainly seen, it's it really is pretty terrific. It's the inventive staging it's, that's what I would say to definitely go for. Costumes and the staging, beautiful, wonderful. Emma Rice, you've, Emma Rice, done it again. you've absolutely knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I it would went, love to see it. Yeah, absolutely, you'd love it, hon. So, what else have we got to talk about then? I'm dying to hear about. Um, I'm dying, dying to hear about Mame. Literally on the edge of my seat. Where's wow. that boy with the bugle? Yeah, well. 
Madeline, you told us in the last episode you were in a production of Mame as a young wee girl Absolutely. in your Amdram group. I'd like, no, sorry, just to clarify, I was you were Mame. Sorry, you <laughs> were. just to clarify. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So the Hope Mill Theatre, um, it's their new production. And for those who don't know Mame, it is a Jerry Herman musical. Jerry Herman, who wrote Hello Dolly and Lacage Fall. This is from. Uh, 1966 originally and it starred Angela Lansbury and B. Arthur and it was quite a big hit it came to London shortly after in 69 I think starring Ginger Rogers Did as it? Mame yeah. oh my god I didn't know that and then it's they've had sort of a couple of revivals in America but it's never been redone here yeah. Ginger Rogers was the last time we saw Mame in a professional production obviously there was Madeline's production. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Ed Reefing news did give me a reef of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the first like professional production, and in this production, we have Tracy Bennett playing Mame, and we saw Tracy Bennett in Follies bringing the house down with her. I'm still mm. here, and I saw her doing Judy Garland, for which she was then Tony nominated in The End of the Rainbow, I think that production was called. So, yes. that was kind of the draw for me when I saw... And also, I've always wanted to see Mame because yeah. I know the music from it. It's not Where really... is the music from it? What are some of the titles? What would I know? So, we'll always be bosom buddies, friends, sisters and pals. That's an amazing yeah, one. Yeah, that's a great one. The one that... Um, the, the boy where with the bugle. Where's that boy with the bugle? What's that um, called? If he came into my life or... If he came... If he walked into my life. If he walked into my life, that's a kind of big torch song. The, it's today. It's kind of... D- the holly, the Christmas song. Oh, uh, we need a little Christmas. We need a little Christmas right this very minute. It's a bloody great musical. I mean, it's very Jerry Herman. You know, just like Hello Dolly, it's that big, punchy, it's not subtle, it's kind of Broadway. Yeah. So I've really wanted to see this for a long time. And it was brilliant. It was really, really good. Um, And this production was directed by Nick Winston. And so the space is a bit like Southwark, a bit like the Menia, that kind of size. But, you know, a small stage. And I think how Nick Winston has staged it is really good. He's both the director and the choreographer. And the choreography was really good. It didn't feel cramped on that small stage. And I think as long as the dancing is kind of well choreographed and tight, what you lack in quantity of chorus members, you make up for in quality. And I think Mm -hmm. that's definitely the case here. So this, for people who don't know, is about a woman called Mame and it's set in the 1920s in New York and she is a kind of larger-than-life, bohemian, party girl, eccentric character and on her doorstep shows up her nephew, who she's never met before, um, from a sort of a strange brother who's died and he is her only family and they instantly strike up this bond, kind of a mother-son sort of Mm. bond and she wants to show him all the amazing things in life. She says, life is a banquet and most sons of bitches are starving to death. And She's so, lauded, worth saying. Yes, and she doesn't oh, want him to Patrick, go. She doesn't want him to go to the kind of fussy school that his father had requested in his will. So she takes him to jazz clubs. She teaches him how to mix martinis. It's very funny. The books by Jerome Lawrence and Robert E. Lee, and there's some really she funny wants lines. She to in have it. the University of Life. Exactly, and so sort of, there's this sort of character. It's all coming back, guys. It's all coming back. <laughs> She's got this friend called Vera, who was played by Harriet Thorpe, who you probably know from Abfab. She worked at the magazine with Patsy. I love her. And she was really funny because I think that character, not that I've seen it before, you could see that becoming a bit of a cliche, mm. a bit too over the top. But she kind of really just had some some smaller moments that were really funny. Just She kind of kept it reined in. Just a great comedy actress. And so we then get to the Great Depression. Mame loses her money. Mm. She then marries a man. He then dies. You know, In all this stuff. accident. Yeah. But the central focus, what I liked about it, it was not a sort of sappy love story. It's about her and the nephew. That's the kind of the main yeah. love story is that relationship. The music's fantastic. Um, Nick Winston's choreography was brilliant. The performances, Tracy Bennett was 
she's just made to play this you role. You love her, don't you? Oh. She's just so good. She just so tiny, but so she's got this vulnerability, but she's also really feisty, and her voice sounds like it's been through a lot. You can kind of hear cracking, but at the same time, it's powerful. So it's mm. got the sort of contradictions of both things, like Judy Garland did. I think that's why she was so brilliant playing Judy because. She has the strength of a kind of Broadway diva, but then also that vulnerability that I think you need to be loved and adored mm. by by people. And I think she just, as a central character, just brilliant. And what was the reception and, like in the room? Was oh, everyone, everyone loved it. Yeah. Everyone absolutely loved it. She's just fabulous. And the whole show, you guys would have loved it. And I really oh. hope this comes to London. It's just really funny and endearing. And Tracy Bennett's performance, I think, would draw people in. People would Definitely. hear about the brilliance of that performance. So yeah, you, I mean, if you want to see this, I would definitely, it's worth a trip up to Manchester for sure. Two hours worth on the train. Or just going to Manchester. Manchester's fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So definitely worth going to see this. It is on till the 9th of November and tickets are, again, they're like kind of Southwark Playhouse price. They're like 27 quid. Can I just quickly tell a little meme story? Yeah, sure. Um, so you know you have like anxiety dreams and like you remember something's happened and you're still like, oh my God, it still makes me so anxious. So when I was in meme and I was obviously meme and my best friend Jane Sanderman um that I went in was in this theatre company with every young theatre company shout out and Jane played Vera and we're singing the song Bosom Buddies and we had a whole dance routine so I'm doing the jazz hands right now you can imagine it's this whole thing and it's like we'll always be bosom buddies friends sisters and pals and then it gets more vicious it's like like they're kind of like they're throwing shade at one another throughout the song at one point, I'm wearing this fabulous pink cardigan of my mum's, which had like little tassel bits hanging off it. And Jane kind of came up to me and we're kind of right up at each other, loving it. She's like my best friend in real life. We're best friends in the play. Like, this is so much fun. And as we're sort of dancing together, one of my tassels from my cardigan gets caught in Jane's radio mic. Okay, it's on her lapel. And I kind of do to do the next sort of step in the routine. So I kind of go to go back. And I'm like, why is Jane coming towards me? And we're completely trapped. But the more she's moved, the more tangled we've kind of got. And basically we just do get to the end of the number and we're just basically literally bosom Bosom buddies. We're just, our bosoms are uh, like touching each other. And one of the stage hands had to come on and like unpick us and the audience are all like, way. And then I was like... Well, enough of that, Vera. You know, like, get out of my face, kind of thing. <laughs> ad lib And then just did ad lib to cover it. But I, I still at sometimes think about that and feel so physically sick. It was <sighs> so horrible oh, at that. No. In that moment, you were like, <gasps> like I was only yeah. about 14. Oh, oh little 14 year old man. I know. Dee, 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 dee. Like, pretending I've got kids and stuff. <laughs> So much fun. Oh, it's so good. I wish you guys could have seen it. Oh, I'm definitely... I mean, definitely. If, it, if it wasn't all the way up in Manchester, I would go again. If it was in London, I'd see it twice. But I really hope it comes down. Bloody loved it. And um, let's make a decadent 1920s fabulous I know, champagne cocktail. Anxiety's up again. Yeah. I need a drink. These are my champagne cocktails because in Maine there's Cheers. a lot of um, you know it's 1920s. There's a lot of it opens with her having a huge fabulous party at her house and they're all drinking champagne. So this is a champagne cocktail. So basically it's um, champagne with maraschino liqueur, which is a kind of cherry liqueur, and chartreuse, which is a sort of fancy French liqueur that's made of herbs. So can you taste it? It's almost aniseed. I feel drunk. Kind of only had half. A well, I haven't put very much of that in. You don't want to overdo it. Just a little bit of that. 
and then some champagne. Just See, to I of... like it because I think I find champagne on its own a bit like dry and raspy. Mm-hmm. And this is much more drinkable than champagne. Yeah, and it's called the University of Life. Yes. Mm. Which well is one of Maine's brilliant lines. Um, so, got one more show to review, which I went to see at the Royal Court Theatre. And I saw this right at the end of the run, so unfortunately it has just finished. And... Yeah, the Royal Court's not a theatre I'm really across, but it's a bit similar to the Almeida, I think, in their output. A bit kind of like edgy, interesting plays. It's where the ferryman started. And this play, um, or this series of plays, is by Carol Churchill, and a lot of her works have been put on there first. And it's four plays, so it's four short plays. It's called Glass, Kill, Bluebeard, Imp. Those are the four plays. So we have Glass, Kill and Bluebeard in the first half, and they're, that runs at about an hour. So they're kind of 10 to 15 minutes each, or 20 minutes each. So maybe I'll just run through each one. So the first one, Glass, has kind of had quite a young cast, a cast of four young people, and it's kind of about a girl who's made of glass. The first one wasn't really my favourite, I've got to say. I wasn't totally into it. There were some good lines in it. I was like, these are some interesting ideas about her being made of glass, and they kind of use that metaphor. But I can't, I don't really have that much to say about glass. It wasn't totally holding my attention, because it was these kind of odd scenes. The lights would dim, and then it would open, and there'd be another short scene but yeah, that one was fine. The next one was where it really started. I was like, yes. The next one was called Kill. And this one is interesting when you were talking about Orpheus in the Underworld, about the craziness of Greek myths. This mm. one opens and there's a guy and he's raised up on a platform and it's a cloud. And there's a small boy sat on the stage scribbling frantically in a notebook. And he's people and this guy is God. And he starts telling this story saying, you know, so there's the mother, right? And the son kills the mother. He stabs at her and it's quite dark, these dark metaphors. He's slashing at her, she's dead in the bath and he's killed her because the stepdad has married and this story starts to develop and you realise that he's basically explaining Greek mythology, the stories of Greek mythology. And it starts, it goes round and round and round and the, the way that this actor did it, I mean, it's just him talking for 20 minutes and this story is getting more and more convoluted because he keeps going back over the story and explaining it and trying to link it all together. Basically explaining the sort of cycle of violence and how people have these violent tendencies and they're sort of using the gods. He's saying, you know, we're not actually real. He's like, I like being a god because we're not real. You make us up. And you do these things and he's sort of getting increasingly angry and it's sort of basically saying like, you're doing all these violent things in our name. And it's just this incredible monologue. If you look, I've got the play text. If you look, it's just Oh my God, sorry. Oscar is now showing us this page and it's tight, tight, dense, no double spacing text. But it was so clever and it was so funny. It's classic kind of Carol Churchill. It's funny, but it's so dark and it kind of builds this really angry climax where he's saying, we don't like that. Don't do this stuff for us. Don't, you know, shed this blood. It's just really, really incredible. Um, Let me look up the actor's name because he was great. The actor was called Tom Mothersdale and he was just brilliant. So that was incredible. And then the next piece was called Bluebeard. And Bluebeard is an old French folk tale and there's a British version of it. You know how these folk tales, every country has their own version. And then Grandma read us this story when we were children and it is a horrifying tale she the british version is called mr fox be bold be bold but not too bold and it's about a man who he's a very charismatic character and he keeps marrying these women who then disappear and basically he's murdering all these women until the final woman she finds all their bloody 
dresses or their bodies. My grandma used to come up and speak, like, read books to us when... This was a bedtime story we were read. And <laughs> oh, so thanks, Granny. So yeah. I'll she, just lie here and have nightmares for the next yeah. nine oh, years. She finds all it. the bodies of the ex-wives, and so she chops the arm. She tries to get the ring for proof off one of them, but she can't, so she chops the hand off instead and takes the hand with her. So dark. To expose him, and then the brother, her brothers rip him apart. And so this is set kind of in a modern modern day. So in this piece, we have um, sort of four actors, including Toby Jones. Do you know Toby Jones? Oh, he was in Detectorists. He's uh, in everything. Excuse me, of course I know Toby, Toby Jones. Jones. Hello, he's in the film I'm working on currently. Yes, he's wow. incredible. So there's these four people sitting at a table and they're like, it starts and they're like, God, so he's in hospital, Bluebeard. And they're basically, they're his friends. They've all they've all been his friends. They've gone to his parties, and he's now in hospital because, like, barely on life support because these brothers have hacked him to bits. And it's them all coming to terms with, oh my god, our best friend was a murderer. And in the background, the four dresses covered in blood float up into the <gasps> sky. How amazing! But that it's them, sounds incredible. It's them all talking in a very modern sort of funny way, and they'll all be sitting there, and then Toby Jones is like. Oh. And he was so good at chess. Like, <laughs> they're all just sort of talking about how did we not know that he was this murderer? And then one of them saying is maybe going to go into business selling reproductions of these dresses. And she's going, "Do I do them with the blood or without the blood?" <laughs> and then someone's going, "Well, oh, I love that. Why? I want to and see they're going, this. Why don't you do both? Because then there's some people that might want the blood." Or some people that don't, and then he, and someone else goes. Or oh, there might be the people that want to collect both, so you've sold both of them. So it's just this Couture. very, <laughs> yeah, this very unusual idea about these four characters talking about very having humor. having been the friends of a of a murderer in a fairy tale. So that was really really cool as well. And then we have the interval, and then lastly there's Imp, which is an hour long. So that's like a slightly more full realized play, and this one has more of a story. Um, and it's Deborah Findlay and Toby Jones play cousins um, who live together and they're a bit kind of, they're living off benefits, kind of, you know, they're both elderly and she's got disability benefit, a bit grey gardens, they live in this flat, they never go out, she's always in her chair and their other cousin in Ireland, um, their daughter Neve comes to stay with them and so it's just this kind of a weird story about this young girl who comes to stay with them, they've got this friend who's kind of homeless, he's getting divorced from his wife he starts having a relationship with Neve, but it's mainly about um, Dot and Rob, uh, Dot and Jimmy, sorry, Deborah Findlay and Toby Jones, and their performances were so brilliant. Deborah Findlay was incredible, and the writing, the writing's just so good. It's that sort of thing that you wish, it just makes you wish you were a playwright. You know, when you watch something written so well, and such a good idea, you just think, oh, I wish I could write like this write characters like this. What a success. It sounds like such a success for her. Yeah, all of them. I mean, I didn't love Glass, but it was quite short. Um, but the Just other to three... clarify, Hunt, so when you're saying about, it's like 10, 15 minutes for each one, so what happens? Are they closing the curtains and then oh. changing the set? What are they doing? So at the end of Glass, they close the curtain and then a guy comes on with, um, you know, they're juggling Diablo, those yeah. sort of long plastic batons that you juggle with. And he just comes and does a whole... Um, incredible routine. juggling routine. <gasps> Who thought of that idea? Yeah. so good. She obviously he, saw him the in the man who's thought, just like, yeah. hey guys, <laughs> woo! And, and Look he at was, me! Yeah. He was incredible and not like, it was more than just juggling, kind of tricks he was doing with them, like flipping them around his head Shit. and just, that was incredible and then, uh, uh, then you have Kill and then after Kill, a woman comes out with two um, sort of small podiums with handles that she then does acrobatics on. She kind of lifts herself wow. up onto these two two poles, basically, and does all sorts of 
acrobatics. What I a mean, novel way of kind of doing a transition. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, and it's made me want to see more Carol Churchill because I once did a play at uh, A-Level when I did drama. We did a Carol Churchill, but we weren't really like, we didn't really understand it. And we kind yeah. of story in production a bit. But her writing's so, it's really funny, but really dark. Even in the Imp one, there's this sort of sub-storyline of the, the character, she was a nurse and that she was fired from her job for having a sort of violent outburst where she kind of abused a patient. So she's got this sort of darkness within her. I mean, like, it's just got these sort of really dark undertones and these dark images Ooh, that she creates. I'm, in. I'm, in. Really... I'm so in. So I'm definitely totally Carol Churchill. I mean, I've always known of her, but she was always just this sort of, like, drama A-level person I yeah. read but didn't really get into. But now I'm like, yes, Carol Churchill, all the way. Just really, really well-written. I absolutely loved it. That's um, the so it has finished the whole Yeah, it's finished. Right, okay. it finished on the 12th of October. Two yeah. brave reviews, guys. Yeah, Three. absolutely. Oh, Mame, don't sorry, forget sorry, Mame, sorry. even though it's outside of London. I know, we've totally raved it. And yeah. unfortunately, Alice has been away in Japan. Oh my God. So, so, so I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Japanese is a brilliant song. See, um, I have nothing to add this week. And you'll have nothing to add for a while because you're going away on another work thing until Christmas. So it's probably... and. Ruby is also going travelling. So basically, Madeline, it's me and you, boo, till Christmas. I am absolutely gutted that I'm going away because I'm missing a few shows that we've got booked. You the are. Blood Brothers is on tour and I'd booked Oscar tickets for his birthday because he'd never seen it and it's one of my favourite uh, movies. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Hold... The press. Where is it on? It's not. Hun, where's it on? I, right, can I, I'll buy Oscar's ticket. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Babe, Blood Brothers is my fave. Oh, me too. My fave. I Tell love me it's not it. true. Well, you bought it for me as a present, you now can't come. It is next year, continuing its tour. It's going to Wimble, uh, Woking, and Brighton. Love mm. trip down to Brighton. So maybe oh, we'll let's try and all see it. Let's try and have fish and chips on the pier and that then watch the great. show. Fabulous. Um, so I'm missing that. I'm also missing, I bought tickets Gentlemen for Prefer Blondes. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes at the Union, at the Union. Me and Madeline are seeing that. I also am missing The Boyfriend, which we bought tickets for at the yes. uh, Mernier Chocolate Factory. And I'm also missing, am I missing Prince of Egypt? No, no, no. That's I'll be back to Prince of Egypt. I think you're missing, hun, Amelie. I'm oh, yes, Amelie at the Palace. Yeah, so, well, Madeline and I will be bringing you all those reviews. And with no further ado, I would like to take this moment to ceremoniously pass on the baton of top tip to Madeline. Oh my god, you've got to do the top tip. I shudder with the level of responsibility, but I actually already have a few in mind. Take it seriously, my dear. With great power comes great responsibility. Yes. (sighs) Thank you very much. I will I will do you proud. I will have you in mind. I will, I will, in fact, I will only top tip things that I think you would love. I'll be listening from Australia going, I cannot believe she just said that. Did you guys get, oh, she's running amok with this. So, yeah, we're going to miss you, Al. We will indeed, um, sweetheart. But Aww. it will, time will fly. You'll be back soon. And until then, please keep listening. Well, it's just Madeline and I. I hope all the Alice fans don't stop listening and our numbers drop <laughs> dramatically. Plummet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bring Alice back. Hey, guys, just wonder when Alice is going to come back. She'll be back by Christmas, everyone. I'm going to be reading the forums. <laughs> yeah. um, keep following us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. And please subscribe if you have theatre enthusiasts, friends. Please tell them to listen to this. And, you know, if you've got a minute, just go on iTunes and leave us a review because it's it really helps the podcast if we've got good reviews on iTunes and good ratings. It really does. Um, and thank you to our, our loyal listeners who have stuck with us. Through um, thick and thin times, people yes. going on holiday. It's just so out of order. Yeah. Um, and until the next episode, goodbye. Bye. Bye.
goodbye forever. No! <laughs> <laughs>